Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy Monday to you. Life, love, and liberty. Yes, my show is taking some interesting turns as I am uh, gearing up for more of on-camera presence. So that's going to be good news for those of you who have been very faithful in following me over the years. Uh, my podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for all of you. Uh, you've gone through all the twists and turns in the months off, uh, you know, per listening to the big man upstairs. So thank you for um, sticking with me through all of these seasons. Uh, very excited to announce once again that I am now part of the MyPillow.com family, uh, to which you can go and use my name. Uh, to receive up to 66% off of your MyPillow purchases, which could include house robes and slippers and bath sheets and bath towel sets and sheets and pillows and dog beds and all that stuff that I had no idea they sold. So I'm very excited and honored to be a part of that family. Again, code word Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A. So uh, in case you missed it, Big fat moment last night at the Oscars, of which I would imagine, I don't know, probably 25 people tuned in. I know none of my friends did. I had no idea they were even going on. And crawled in the bed last night and saw and heard, but saw the smack heard around the world. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You took my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? Okay. Awkward. That was a... Greatest night in the history of television. Okay, okay. That, that is so a... So we are here. <laughs> so we're to, here, uh, and I'm a documentary trying to keep it together. <laughs> All of that, the, the, the other language you hear, is a uh, Japanese television. Apparently, they were the, the first ones to release it. Because that's where everyone, you know, that I saw was sharing uh, directly from Japanese television. I can only imagine what they were saying. Uh, but this was the uncensored exchange between Will Smith and Chris Rock, who was Chris Rock. Chris Rock was hosting. Will Smith, as you all know, um, has been a beloved actor. Uh, Chris Rock, apparently, you know, he's making an unseemly joke about G.I. Jane, of which Demi Moore uh, was the star, and she shaved her head for the role. And apparently Jada Pinkett Smith, who is Will Smith's wife, 
has her head shaved, which she does. You can see that clearly in the clip. Um, I And I'm told that it is because she has alopecia. I have no idea. At any rate, Chris was making a joke. It was obviously not received very well. And all of Twitter has blown up and all of other social media, I would imagine, with people questioning whether or not this is real. Right? Well, watching the facial expressions, you know, Will does go up, allegedly smack him. He seems to smack him. And I mean, like, smack, like, you know, open hand slap across the face. But from several different angles, it's kind of hard to tell if it happened for sure. But you can tell by Chris's reaction that this is, like, super uncomfortable, right? Like, he's like, oh, wow, what just happened? Not really sure what to say or how to handle that. And Will is slightly larger than I am. And so I'm just, the show's got to go on. And uh, yeah, here we are. Welcome to the Oscars, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This is just now took it to a whole other awkward level. And so, and then you see Will walk off of the stage with kind of like this weird smile on his face, almost like, he would, you know how you get sometimes whenever you're super angry about something, some people laugh, you know, some people cry. I mean, anger, you know, can solicit all types of, um, all types of e- emotional responses, like visceral responses, right? And so I think it was real. I mean, that's just my take. It looked real to me. So he's, and, and forgive the expletives, but that was a raw, uncut version of exactly what happened and what was said. And because of the anger in his face as he's saying, keep my wife's mouth out of your, I mean, my wife's name out of your effing mouth, um, it, to me, it was real. That was not planned. Uh, whenever, it, you know, eventually he goes up to receive an award of all things, if you can imagine, he goes up to receive an award, he cries, but before he walks up to the stage, uh, his wife kisses him on the lips, and, you know, he is clearly verklempt as he reaches the podium to accept his award, and notice I don't even know what he won, because I don't care. And isn't that a shame? I mean, I remember just being so um, thrilled for people and their acting talents, and, you know, just I used to escape in movies. I mean, like immerse myself in movies. Love, 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 loved them. And you know, just kind of older. Not that I, not that I don't enjoy movies, but understanding how Hollywood has legitimately, you know, hijacked the moral fiber of our nation and really the world, but primarily America. Um, I'm just not that excited about it anymore. And seeing the craziness that comes out of the left, out of Hollywood, how nasty people were for the past four or five years during President Trump's administration. I mean, I just, I saw things emerge from people who I had long admired because of their talent, right? Certainly not because we agreed on politics. I didn't really care what they thought about politics, but between canceling people, running this whole trans narrative, you know, with regard to our children, I mean, it's just madness. So speaking of deviant behavior, okay, Twitter and probably other social media platforms blew up pretty instantly 
with people saying, oh, yeah, the hypocrisy. Here's, you know, you had a half of the, the conservative men who maybe they didn't know that these guys are in an open marriage. And if you don't know what that is, I'm about to tell you. But Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith are in an open marriage. And that means that they can have sex with other people. Now, I don't know the details of their their you know, actual arrangement between one another. I have no idea because I, I don't care to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I knew that was a thing for them, but I, you know, deviant behavior of that nature usually ends in just mass destruction for everyone involved. So, so the hypocrisy was kind of interesting, right? Because you can't talk about my wife's buzzed haircut, but I'm okay sharing her with other men. So you have half of Twitter and conservative men saying, Hey, finally a man stands up for his wife and you guys aren't happy with that. And I'm thinking, well, that's probably because you guys don't understand why others are mocking it because it just seems slightly hypocritical that you would smack Chris Rock across the face for making a joke about her haircut while allowing her to share her naked body with other men. Now, and that's okay, apparently. But now I will say this. That is, that's their arrangement, right? Whatever, whatever your agreement is in marriage, marriage is your agreement. It's your contract. It's your, you know, now if you're in a godly marriage, if you're in a biblically based marriage, you're not sharing your spouse with someone else. Because your body, according to the word, belongs to your spouse and vice versa. So, you know, that that's my go-to whenever it comes to people who are complaining about no sex in the marriage or, you know, women are usually the ones complaining about the husbands just becoming sloppy. They don't take care of themselves. They're not exercising. You know, she's still like feels like she's you know extremely young and vibrant and and just has a ton of sex drive until she hits that menopause button but you know and then now you've got hormone replacement therapy and there's all kinds of ways to you may you know maintain sexual uh longevity <laughs> for women with regard to their desire for sex because honestly hormones really do control all of that but what doesn't help is to have a spouse who doesn't care about themselves. That doesn't help at all. It does not help the marriage whatsoever. Now, sometimes that spouse is depressed, right? Sometimes that spouse is just overburdened. They're saddled with all kinds of stressors, whether it's work, kids, you know, again, hormonal changes. You know, men do do go through andropause as well. But th- I'm going to take a little bit of a side road on this. So I, I would imagine that Will and Jada Pickett Smith are not abiding by Christian biblical principles whenever it comes to their marriage, obviously. Now, some people may consider themselves Christian and still uh, share and do like wife swap. They may still be swingers. I have no idea how you reconcile that because I don't know how you get over the whole adultery and fornication thing. I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I have no idea how you do that. That's like really weird to me. So, um, but I, I would assume these guys are not doing that. Plus, their kids, you know, are um, 
they've they've had some interesting challenges with regard to their sexuality. I know his son has or whatever pronoun he's aligning with this day and age, but super cute kid too. Well, you know, it was very interesting willow and I forget his son's name, but, um, you know, cute kids, beautiful family. Uh, but clearly, you know, adhering to what I would consider, um, deviant sexual behavior. And so, you know, here's the deal. I'm not saying that one excuses another, that's not what I'm saying at all, um, because I don't think that's accurate. I'm not saying that just because he shares his wife's body with other men openly, and he's okay with that. Um, I'm not saying that that gives men or anyone else a right to be disrespectful to his wife, right? But it did seem slightly over the top. And as I've seen many people on social media posting all day long, that if he were a white guy and, you know, he had slapped somebody across the face, unless, of course, you're Alec Baldwin, who shot someone, but then on national television said, I didn't shoot her. However that works. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how your finger is on the trigger of a gun. You pull it, the the fires a bullet out the end of it, and the bullet goes into the body of not just one, but two people and kills one of those people, but you didn't do it, even though you're legitimately standing there with your hand on the weapon and you fired the weapon. So, you know, Hollywood's interesting, right? It's like, no, I know I'm looking at the sun, but that's not what it is. And then you're supposed to believe it too. Right. And it is, you know, people make fun of it being the land of fruits and nuts. And true enough, it is definitely the land of devils. I mean, it is the it is a nation of demonics in Hollywood. We know that from having sex with children, trafficking people, you know, the Weinsteins, the alleged Oprah affiliations. I mean, Epstein, it is Bill Cosby. It's a mess. It's just a mess. And who knows, a whole cloud of suspicion around Michael Jackson, God rest his soul. You know, it's just people who have more money and more self-importance than Christ. And so, and you know what? None of us are above it, to be honest with you, in terms of turning to self-idolatry. So I'm very careful about that. But again, I look at something and go, yeah, not really surprising. So back to the open marriage thing. And spouses not taking care of themselves, you know, Um, A number one complaint I hear from women, not really men, to be honest with you. Yeah, sure. Probably in your 40s, men start to realize that women are, they care more about the kids. They're because they're exhausted. They're wiped. They're trying to take care of the kids in the 30s, early 40s. And, you know, maybe they let themselves go a little bit. Maybe they're just starting to hit menopause and they're tired. Um, You know, they're not, they're just not really taking care of themselves like they did before. And then some, you know, hot young thing comes along and and makes him feel special and like he's still a man or the man. And next thing you know, you've got a whole other ball of wax going on. So um, it's messy. It's a mess. But the Bible says very clearly that your body belongs to your spouse and you two are considered one. So I'm not really sure how people move past that. To be honest with you, um, yeah, I'm, I mean that's and I and I'll tell you this: I've never known a couple who practices an open marriage or swinging who has actually succeeded uh, for any great length of time. You may be ten, twelve years into it, but at some point, it comes to an end. Now, again. 
you know, it depends on what the arrangement and the agreement is between two people, right? Sometimes men can no longer satisfy their wives, and so they're fine allowing someone else to do that. Again, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying it is a common practice amongst um, older people sometimes or older women who come from means right, who have been married to, with a man, uh, to, with means, right, to a man with means, okay, and I mean like a lot of means, Um, once she hits menopause, sometimes don't ask, don't tell goes into effect. They don't want to know. So the guy, the man can go do whomever and whatever he wants, but as long as he doesn't bring shame or, you know, a stain on the family, or embarrass the wife or the kids, and as long as she gets she gets her you know her allowance and her cars and her vacations and spa days and you know the uh, junior achievement membership and whatever, um, you know they're fine with that. They're totally cool with that. You can go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. At least I don't have to mess with you. Yes. So there's a lot of sexual deviance going on deviancy going on. And what's interesting is just, I I wonder how many people actually consider the cost socially. Because it's not as if whatever you do in your bedroom isn't going to ultimately affect the world around you. Because it does. It does because it seeps out and it trickles. Right? It trickles out into society. And it also trickles spiritually, to be quite honest with you, because a lot of that stuff gets passed down through the generations. Or you open doors spiritually that are now bringing things into your family that would not otherwise be there that are not good things. They're not things that you would not necessarily wish on your kids or your grandkids, right? So I want to encourage you, you know, in my my Bible study group, uh, which I am going to continue. So if you guys are interested in signing up, you know, you're welcome to email me at monica at monicamatthews.com. Let me know that you're interested in signing up for the next six weeks. We're coming to the end of our first six-week session, session, and we have been talking about discernment. And I'm almost positive we're going to continue with this conversation. We've had some great special guests. We've had Craig Sawyer, Emma Robinson, Chad Prather. Uh, we've got a couple of other great people coming up, and uh, and we'll keep rolling with that. You know, people sharing their faith, you know, what discernment looks like for them in their respective um, career fields. You know, uh, it was really interesting listening to um, Emerald. Emerald and um, Craig both come from a family of pastors and ministers. And so, um, you know, it was interesting to hear how their walk you know, parlays into their respective uh, work fields. And then Chad was an actual pastor, a youth pastor, which is really interesting. Uh, In his 20s, traveled a lot. You know, I mean, gave a sermon that would have knocked your socks off. Um, It was great. And um, about the prodigal son, nevertheless. So with that, you know, I I, I guess what I feel like I, you know, would like to do today is, you know, there's a few places in Scripture where I was reading today where, you know, while it's kind of fun and it's hokey and it's totally societal for us to make fun of what happened yesterday. I mean, I was the first one to like create, uh, you know, all right, guys, you know what to do. You got to create a flag, right? Because everybody's got to have a flag, a social justice flag of some sort. We all got to fly someone's flag about literally anything. And so one of my awesome listeners, thank you, Katie, uh, she created a meme 
And that thing went viral. It's still circulating throughout Twitter world. Um, but, you know, people rallied around what a joke the whole thing was. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm standing with Chris. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, he's a comedian. And comedians have definitely gotten the raw end of the deal <laughs> through this whole social justice crap. And, uh, you know, I think we should go back to the Undercover Brother days, personally. If you have not seen that movie, you totally need to do it. I don't care what color you are. It is a great, hilarious, pre-Obama movie, right? Pre-everything's politically correct and everybody's offended and white privilege and gray privilege and, you know, rainbow privilege. None of that was in effect at that point. And so it was just riotous because, you know, all bets were off. Everyone, everyone was fair game. The white she devil, the black afros, the um, everything from uh, Billy D. Williams and fried chicken to uh, you know the black man's kryptonite, which is the white girl <laughs> played by Denise Richards, of course, and the super hot woman. I don't think she ever ages, and um, you know it was it was hilarious down to the cars in the. <laughs> The Manchurian Candidate is Billy D. Williams. It is so freaking funny. And the man and the system, you know, and you got to fight the power. And, and it's just this one giant parody. It is so funny. It is like the Jeffersons on crack. And so, <laughs> and so I feel bad for comedians because, you know, they really do have their job cut out for them. And then here you are physically assaulted, criminally assaulted, on a stage where you are hired to make fun of whatever and whomever. I mean, you all know if you're at an award ceremony, it's literally like sitting in the front row on your first date night of like some jack-legged comedian at, you know, Comedy Central, Comedy Hour. He looks down. He can already tell you guys are on your first date, right? And God forbid if you're a bi-ethnic couple because it's on. Like, that's it. Your night's ruined. It's not, you're talking about awkward. And everyone's going to look at you and laugh. And you should be able to laugh too. Right? We take ourselves so seriously. And we allow people to do it. We allow people to take us down these social justice warrior paths. And, and, and then where are we? Where are we? Your kids are struggling in your schools. I'm going to have uh, Ian Pryor will be on with me, who is a representative of America, of America First Legal uh, Legal Defense, and I'm very excited about that. He's coming on this week, uh, Thursday, I believe, and uh, you wouldn't believe some of the things that parents are contending with in schools across the nation that are absolutely affecting all of society. So it's not just in the schools. I mean, it is, you're talking about sexualizing your kids on a massive scale. You're talking about major indoctrination protocol. So we're going to talk about that this week. Uh, very important. We're talking about kids being taken away from their families um, because the families have pulled them out of uh, respective schools who are lying and, uh, to the parents and allowing the kids to dress up as transvestites at, at you know, at school. And... So again, deviant sexuality culture, right? At, at any rate, Chris Rock, you know, he's he's having a good time. So I'm like, I stand with Chris, whatever. But th but this goes back to, you know, people have either no sense of humor 
Um, or, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, why, why didn't he press charges? Why isn't he, why isn't Will Smith being arrested? Well, who knows? Chris was probably like blew it off. You know, and I think that's why people think it was fake. I don't think it was fake. Just judging by Will Smith's very, uh, clear and evident, like uncontrollable emotions that went with it in the, in the shaking of his voice and, you know, I mean, he looked like he was about to get back up again and head back to the stage. So, and I think uh, Denzel Washington allegedly and other people were trying to console him off to the side of the stage, blah, 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 blah. But going back to, you know, what I feel led to call people to right now. And if this is you, great. Then, you know, consider it a welcome call. You talk about the prodigal son, consider it, you know, Christ knocking at your door. If it's not you, that's okay too. You can, you know, you can chew this meat, spit out whatever bones you're not ready for. That is truly between you and the Lord. But, but I will say this, I really do feel like this is a time when God is calling people to repent. And I mean, like repent in, in turn to, uh, digging into a relationship with him, which is what this Bible study is about, which is the word, the written word and the person of the word who came in the flesh in the man of Jesus Christ, right? Who is still very much so alive by, by spirit. And so God's spirit is not dead. And so when we're talking about, we're so aghast, right? We're just clutching our pearls consistently, about society and how far we have fallen. And, you know, I look around at just the reprobation, and it is absolutely mind-blowing with kids who don't know who or what they are anymore, arguing with science, semantics, nuance. I mean, it is just a matter of time before they legalize being able to marry your children. Um, And you think that's, you know, some of you may scoff and laugh at that, but I'm just telling you there are cultures who already practice that. And people are already doing it in the way of trafficking our kids. You know, whenever Craig was on, if you missed that show, I encourage you to go listen to that in my podcast archive. Um, you know, we talked about who's doing that and who's paying for it. And sad fact, we are. We're paying for our children to be trafficked through government entities. And our tax dollars pay for that. So, you know... But but we do have the ability to repent in our own lives, in our own families, and God honors that. It's not enough for us to say, to just quote scripture like, that's it, that's the salve, right? Like, that's the end-all, be-all, fix-it-all. It's not the gorilla glue of society, right? It's just not. You can't just quote a scripture and then... And think, well, God said if his people who are called by his name will, you know, humble themselves and and hit their knees and repent and turn from their wicked ways that he would heal their land. Well, that is true, but it requires effort on our part. And so repentance is an effort. But repentance without seeking and accepting his relationship is futile because it'll never last. It'll you may stop one thing and you'll pick up another. Because until that in your soul is is consumed, filled um oh gosh, just 
consumed with, you know, the revelation and the knowledge and the love of Christ, you it, it so that you can submit to the word of God, right? And then resist the devil and then become an overcomer and then our society will begin to turn. I mean, that's the order of that protocol. And so I understand that people have, you know, agreements with their spouses with sexuality. Just understand that there's there is a cost. You you don't escape the cost of that spiritually. You you don't because th- these are universal precepts and I didn't write it. These are God's laws, not mine. And so I'm trying to, you know, live according to the spirit of the law, you know, which says sharing your spouse with someone else might seem like a heck of a lot of fun or after about 20 lemon drops later, uh, you know, but ultimately it, it never ends well. I have never known a couple who went down that road who ended well and who were both completely in uh, harmonious uh, sanity in their own spirit, soul, uh, you know, body and mind. I've I've never met those couples. So this isn't to shame you if this is you. I'm not making fun. I'm not saying you're going to hell. What I'm saying is that there's a very real cost to all of this sexual deviance. And, um, you know, some people just get off on the fact that someone else wants their spouse. And it's very empowering for them. I mean, you got to think about why people do what they do. Right, and sometimes we don't even know why we do what we do, but the Lord does. And the only the only way to really get to the bottom of your own heart is to spend time with Him, also known as His Word, and He shows you. And so today, you know, it was just revealed to me in my prayer time, and I sent it out to my group. You know that that this whole turning away from things that are not of Him, and this is resurrection season that we are in right now. You know, we're coming up on Passover, Pascha, if you're uh, Orthodox, uh, Eastern or Western. Um, you know, some of you are celebrating the Easter Bunny. I don't know why. But, uh, you know, this is resurrection season. And so maybe something in your life needs to, um, you know, hit the cross. God knows our society and the American culture has a lot of things that need to hit that cross and go down into, you know, the belly of hell with that cross and leave all that stuff there and then ascend, right? Ascend into our right position and our right mind, our right spirit, our right heart. And that's what resurrection season is about. It's beautiful. Things are blooming. You know, I always tell every year I tell my story about pollen and uh, (laughs) inevitably I get people who just, you know, they can't believe it. And, um, and, uh, all right, fine. I'll share it. So, uh, many moons ago I was sitting out on a, my back patio in my former home and I saw this sheet of yellow, just like (laughs) blowing across the back of my lawn. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? It looked like a swarm of bees, but it was pollen. And I was surrounded by beautiful things that were pollinating. And so, and the Lord was like, see, that's how I make things beautiful. It's my breath. It's my wind that carries the seeds and the ability for things to pollinate, 
to reproduce and to create beauty and food, you know, an entire ecosystem, not only for our pleasure aesthetically, but for, uh, you know, remedies, for healing remedies, right? For medicine, for food. I mean, all kinds of goodies come out of pollination season. And so it was like from that moment on, you know, the world wants to tell you, oh, you better go get your, you better go run and get your uh, allergy medicine. And how many days, you know, do you see the pollen count? It's 4,500, whatever. You know, it's 4 million for grass today, whatever. And people's, you hear that, right? And your ears hear it and your mind perceives it and your immune system responds. I mean, it's almost like, what is it? Pavlo's dog, <laughs> Right where it, it's, you don't even have to be outside. And if someone even mentions pollen, your immune system literally responds to it because it's been programmed to just overreact at the first mention of pollen, right? And so it's really cool because I've never really struggled with, with allergies, to be honest with you, but... um but that kind of took the fear out of it for me where it was like, oh, this is really cool. I mean, this is just how nature works. It's pollen season. And just having that level of gratitude about it and just basic, you know, uh, uh, you know, ecosystems and, and, and just how God, you know, multiplies things and, and um, you know, through pollination. And so let this be a season of pollinating new ideas and new hope and, you know, new attitudes, right? And letting go of some of those things that, um, that, that don't serve us, you know, they just don't. So at any rate, that's all I got for you today. Um, that was a lot. Some of you, I don't know who all of that was for, but, um, I would imagine that some of out of my thousands of tens of thousands of listeners, uh, can relate to what I just said. And maybe it's not, you know, swinging that you're supposed to put down. Uh, maybe that's not you, but you know, maybe there's something else in your life that's not of a sexual nature that, um, you know, the Lord's calling you to, and you know it because we all know it. We start losing sleep. We, you know, we're just not settled in our spirit because we know, we know, we know we're being called to higher ground. And so I just want to encourage you, right, to just get in position, take that higher ground. It's already been conquered for you and it's right there for you to enjoy, right? Life more abundantly. Okay. Until next time, remember mypillow.com code Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on iHeartRadio, uh, oh gosh, Apple Tunes, all that good stuff. So you know, you guys know where to find me. MonicaMatthews.com. You can sign up for my newsletters and email me if you're interested in the Bible study. Monica at MonicaMatthews.com. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Oh, 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 o